0: Hello and welcome to Contemporary Cage, an expert and informed look at the latter half of actor Nicholas Cage's filmography. On today's episode, we're watching the 2013 crime thriller The Frozen Ground.
1: Dave.
0: It's frozen ground. Uh I hope you wore some warm socks. Cause that ground? chilly. Oh boy, Derek. <laughs> yeah. Here we are once again for another week. We're um oh. we're I think five episodes into season two now. Uh um, it feels
1: like we just we're here doing this.
0: We were just weeks, yeah
1: weeks are going.
0: That's true. Yeah, we're we're I feel like we're settling into a groove as um that big pause uh, right at the top shows. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll uh, edit around that so that um uh, people don't know what we're talking about. But uh yeah, uh we're I'm, I'm getting into the groove. I'm being re uh reintroduced to the Cage Man. I feel like He's grown in ways. We're catching up to that growth where, you know, it's like we've sent our son away to a boarding school, and he's come back for the summer, and and our son, our boy, has turned into a man. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's got pubes, man. <laughs> he's and got I love a it.
0: big bush of pubes. <laughs> um, well, here's the thing. Couldn't be prouder.
1: Uh I feel like even though there was a big pause between us recording the seasons... <laughs> It's like there was winds of change with Cage, and there's evolution, and there's new insights and new projects. And as this all bubbles up, we happen to be at a point in our lives to be able to come uh, rip-roaring back into your eardrums again. And True. it's all meant to be the way it is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, this is gonna be probably nothing, but uh, I'll talk about it a little bit because you know we got to talk a little bit before uh, getting to the segments. Um, <laughs> We're contractually
1: I, uh, obligated to
0: chit chat. Yeah, it's part of our contract. <laughs> but one of the probably the majority, I would say, or, or at least a good portion of the people that listened um, to the show um, or listened to the show uh started because they like were aware of me on vine i think that's probably where like we first like i was promoting to people like there and then on twitter and stuff but yeah not a
1: lot of people know but that that baby covered in peanut butter who goes ah that was actually a home video of you
0: that was (laughs) me i am peanut butter baby um and uh i've gone on to great things (laughs) such as (laughs) nicholas i'm really trying to milk it for all it's worth uh (laughs) Which is such a fun thing, you, you know that like w- what's the guy Brian like? Uh, don't don't be like Brian. He's got like the school oh, photo. Oh, Bad Luck and he, Brian or something. Bad Luck Brian, and he's still like I saw like a documentary about him. And it's like <laughs> nine years after that photo went viral, and he's like, yeah, we got the what like the Bad Luck Brian store that's going pretty <laughs> well. It's like his full time job is just that he took like a bad photo once. That's what and I'm life, trying to do with peanut life butter baby. Life hand lemons. Um. But uh, so Vine, of course, died uh, uh, shortly after. Uh, I think it like 2017. It died. Really? Um, but <laughs> Vine Two, or uh, otherwise known as Bite, just came out this this past week. Is it you actually? You heard anything think Vi- about this? Is it the Vine guys? <laughs> it's the Vine devs. Yeah. And uh, I got on there, um, and it's it's interesting because of course you know it's very similar to vine like the Mm -hmm. tool set is very similar although a little worse if i may say so myself Mm. after sort of like futzing around with the uh, video editing tools that there's some stuff that was with vine or was in vine that is not in byte which is like a weird thing that like something comes out four years later and it's like limited would you say Um, that it
1: kind of bites
0: I would, I would say, yeah. Right now, it is bad. (laughs) It isn't (laughs) uh, great. And then also, like, I was talking to a friend about this, but um, there's this like weird mentality because, uh, you know, the the internet is like a place of rapid innovation. So you know, Vine died, TikTok emerged, kind of in the space uh, of Vine, and and like TikTok is just a Goliath now. It's like massive. And it's like v- a very, very different video sharing platform. There's like way, way more options, and there's this like funny cultural thing on Byte Now of all of these like weird gatekeepery people being like, "We don't want your TikToks on here," like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like so incredibly lame because it's like all of these people. It, it's like the people that, uh like, the popular kids aren't aware of at all are, like, talking shit on the popular kids. It, that's what it feels like.
1: Well, you know, it's like everybody hates the popular thing. Nobody wants to admit that they yeah. love Fortnite. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, But, yeah, it's incredibly lame. I wish that they could just be like, oh, we'll try to, like, do cool stuff on here without, like, referencing the more popular thing. You know um, what I'm, I'm just realizing? are
1: we following any sort of nicholas cage feed on social media i i i haven't even really thought about that
0: (laughs) i follow um i have like uh rss like google alerts for news stories set up (laughs) does he have have that i'm
1: wondering uh, basically i'm just wondering like if nicholas does he have a social media presence if he's on tiktok what kind of you know content oh my god that's
0: really funny that you asked that i was thinking today like i he he isn't he doesn't have anything um that i'm aware of at least i'm i'm, I'm pretty sure that i would have <laughs> come across it at, at this point there there might be like something like some official like facebook page that his publicist runs or something like that well, but i don't think he's a poster at all I don't think he's on there posting through it
1: a quick uh search through instagram uh official nick cage Uh, It's a business page, uh, uh, and its business identifier is uh, business, which is a little vague. Something tells me, though, it's not actually him because it's like a zoomed-in photo for the profile picture of just his, like teeth and eyes it's like a a type
0: of picture we would post of him (laughs)
1: yeah and it just says nick Cage's official fan page and then about 12 eggplant emojis and then nick cage is daddy and then a link to pornhub.com slash nick cage
0: the crazy thing is and i like i would have assumed that this is true but if you just like if you just look at nicholas cage on um uh, if you search Nicolas Cage on Instagram and just scroll, the amount of people. Of, <laughs> this is like what we're fighting against, I feel like. I know, this like treatment, any treatment. Every single, like, mean combination page,
1: of the letters Nick Cage with any amount of dashes or underscores or emojis. It's all taken real estate.
0: Okay, can I tell you something? I I don't think there is an official <laughs> Nicolas Cage um, account, but what, what I will say is and uh is i have so much trust in how sincere brazil is they c- they love celebrities without I- irony you know like brazilian's love celebrities without irony one I of the didn't first accounts about brazilians. yeah whenever you see uh, any celeb posting anything it's very very common that you'll see a hundred comments saying come to brazil we love you brazil loves you come to brazil and there's uh, there's a very sincere uh like love and admiration and it's very much like not the ironic attachment so mm. that is also true uh nicholas cage brazil is an instagram account that i'm looking at right now oh and they're incredibly actually just fans and, and, yeah they <laughs> they have 54 followers and it's just very sincere posts the most recent one was from Three Days Ago. Um, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, one of his movie posters, a throwback to him and Gone in 60 Seconds, uh, a, a picture of him <laughs> with, a, <laughs> with a fan that, like, snapped a picture with him, lots of fan pictures with the cage man. But very, very sincere, just, like, incredibly severe, sincere. None of these, like... You know, uh, Photoshopped images of Nicolas Cage, like coming out of a banana or like his head's on a llama with a scarf, which I'm also looking at right now. I mean, Um, I'm
1: looking at uh, a guy whose name is Nick Cage. Okay. But it has nothing to do with our guy. Yeah. But uh, go ahead and follow the Brazil guys. Go ahead and give that uh, Cage Pod bump. (laughs) Yeah. To the Brazil Nick that's cage. the
0: official cage pod uh, Instagram, <laughs> Instagram account, as far as we're concerned. Let them know the...
1: where you, that uh, we sent you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Want to hear from Contemporary Cage? See if uh, uh,
1: any of them have any leads on the uh, agency that is now representing our cage man.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. Um, well, that was great. You know yeah. what? I think that's a that's enough of a first section. Section.
1: Yeah, we wasted a lot of time there, but.
0: That's no, that's good. It's important. That was some real time research. I think that's good to do every so often. Um, that was, you know, the Nicolas Cage social media minute. Uh, <laughs> a new segment that we just <laughs> that thought is of not right a bad now. Segment. <laughs> yeah, we just sort of see what's popping off in the, the different corners of the internet, what people are saying about the Cage Man. Um, but now let's get into. Our movie this week, uh, our <clears throat> review of The Frozen Ground, a 2013 film directed by Scott Walker that is about an Alaskan state trooper uh, who partners with a young woman who escaped the clutches of a serial killer um, to bring, to help bring the murderer to justice. This is a movie that's based on actual events. Uh, it's about um, a serial killer, Robert Hansen, uh, who was active from the early 70s until the early 80s, I believe. Um, and uh, I think he he abducted and raped and murdered at least 17 women around uh, Anchorage, Alaska. And uh, he was uh, a very grim, real guy who uh i think he would like release women into the wilderness he would take them to like his remote cabin and then like release them and then like end up hunting them also which is sort of like an incredibly grim uh sad uh reality about this guy um but yeah this is a movie it's kind of your traditional serial killer this is uh this is a little bit different than some of the other like uh straight to vod this has like a pretty for real cast there's some really good character actors nicholas cage stars john cusack is uh plays the serial killer robert hansen um we have uh curtis 50 cent jackson in the movie with
1: a sick wig
0: <laughs> with a sick uh <laughs> a sick wig uh just like silky straight hair um uh yeah and, and then like kevin dunn and dean norris dean norris of course from Breaking bad's in it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we, we got into it. We watched The Frozen Ground. Derek.
1: Yeah, so uh, this is a tough one because <laughs> it it I'm sure it pulls a lot of real information based off of a real tragic set of events. And so I kind of, almost when I first started it, sometimes you see like, oh, based on real events, and you just kind of forget about it um yeah because you figure it's gonna be super fictionalized anyway which i'm sure parts of it are but um it's hard to kind of separate um a fictional movie from a movie based on real things in terms of right things sure. that you would hope to have seen you know that kind of starts getting into weird murky territory uh, especially mm. when it comes to like Nicolas cage and his brand of like off the wall um, for sure so it's it's something that's definitely worth considering in all of this. Um,
0: definitely, and I feel like uh, we get a more grounded, more subtle performance from Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, he he is not he's he's like committed to the realism that this movie is striving for. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that I think he he is good in it. I think that the performances throughout the movie are uh, are pretty good. There's there's like a good high level of production to the movie um it, consistent. The performances are good it's yeah really consistent uh,
1: it's it like i will say like it would be a disservice to our listeners that like we can't necessarily walk on eggshells because it's a sensitive subject of because it's not a perfect movie um for sure i say this in light of the fact that like this genre isn't necessarily one that i'm Uh, like is one of my favorites so the pieces of fiction that i uh really get into in this genre are like the best of the genre right in order to hold my attention so like it's really hard in terms of how this movie is set up with the like to catch a killer thing to not compare it to work like stuff that i've watched recently that i think do a lot of things better like mind hunter or true detective yeah and like if you compare those things like if you compare any one of these like nick cage movies on our list to like true detective at the best of that show it's gonna fall really flat but like this is a little bit easier to compare um because it is such a um uh, like it, it is that genre the detective killer genre. for sure
0: and and i think mind is a great one i thought a lot about uh like zodiac which is another david fincher movie a movie mm-hmm. that i really really like and that's a movie that was like also committed to real events and was like incredibly committed to the the realism whereas um this one I, i'm not sure that this one did have moments where uh the the way that events unfolded felt very filmic um and uh yeah like it w- to the point where i was like oh i'm not sure like how how far they're bending this which is like not a thing you want to be thinking about necessarily you kind of want to be wrapped up in the movie and just like believing it um and uh but yeah zodiac i, I i'm i really like detective fiction that's maybe like my mm. favorite genre and this is this is a pretty like like by the numbers, there's there's some stuff mm-hmm. that really does not um I, I don't know. There's nothing that's like horribly offensive. This is like a watchable movie. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh but yeah, it, I'm I totally agree. The stuff that like there there are things in this genre that just like tower over this. You know, you have your silence of the lambs, you have your mm-hmm. Zodiacs. you have Mindhunter, which is like a little more contemporary. Um and uh and this movie i feel like the area where it most suffers and i think that this can kind of happen when movies are based on real events sometimes Mm -hmm. is they can be a little um uh unwilling to like perform like more idiosyncratic like characterizations or something like that everyone is kind of like especially the the characters that are are the movie recognizes as the heroes of the of the narrative they 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 are kind of like feel almost like dehumanized to some degree because it's like it, it's almost like a tribute to them so nicolas cage's mm. character there you know the his flaw in the movie is essentially that he's too committed to this case yeah. and he's got a little bit of friction with his wife and he and his wife are going to move away but then he ends up taking this case and it's this it becomes this kind of drawn out thing that he re- requires him to remain in Alaska and but you know it's it very much feels like uh they're they're not willing to um like characterize him and, and like uh, maybe he is a good character or something but i think that it lacks like a depth there it lacks like a fully fully realized version of this character because you don't want to take liberties with real people and that can kind of hold a filmmaker back or a writer back when they are like writing a, a character based on a real person you might you might end up with a less interesting character because you're being a little precious with how you characterize this person i who think you're you can depict as a hero
1: i think you can do it well it is yeah, a I lot agree. harder when you don't have the luxury of fiction of like that filter so that mm-hmm. you, you can't just like essentially create like a baby and fictionalize his whole life to lead him up to to a point to motivate anything he does for any reason because it's interesting um but like like you're saying about the the friction with his wife like there's a reason why it feels so flat and it's because like he is essentially like dragging his feet on you know like what a lot of couples i presume probably have the issue of of someone like completely uh reprioritizing their life when they've been working for so long uh, to like retire and just be more present in their family life um and he's kind of dragging his feet on selling the house and then this case comes and he really is motivated by like uh protective and, and reasons and he wants to do the right thing But but it's it's not good timing for him, and it's an interesting conflict with his wife because she essentially becomes an antagonist to wrapping up the case, and uh, the (laughs) the flatness of it comes from the fact that like in the third act, there's no setup for this at all, but there's just a quick scene where she comes down the stairs and says like, "You're a good cop like." this is right and i'm on board and everything's resolved yeah, and and sure. it's it's great you know that's a cool part of their marriage and like it's good like you're you're rooting for nick and so that's yeah. a good thing but there is no development of that change she is Definitely. not a character she is just like a tool used to create this like relief at near the end to help button end everything. And like, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe in the non-fictional story, that's how it happened, but that's not how you tell a compelling story in film. Like, uh, so that like totally, I completely agree. That's, that's,
0: that's maybe the best example of, of the phenomena that I'm trying to talk about Mm -hmm. in this movie though. Um, because it, yeah, it ends up being this thing where you're, you're watching a movie and you, (laughs) you can tell that they're like, okay, well, because she was an antagonist earlier in these scenes, we have to resolve it because we, we want people to come out of this movie liking this character. Um, and it ends up feeling like just this this resolution within a police officer's marriage, which is like, okay, if you're striving for realism, uh like uh, marital trouble that just like magically gets a r- resolved <laughs> in a law enforcement's like r- relationship is not not a realistic thing especially considering like, a like believable thing
1: how like we don't see him interacting with her at all if anything once it gets bad between them he completely just delves into work and that's all he's ever seen doing so that yeah. would only make it worse you know
0: for sure um, yeah, and let, let's get let's take a step back and sort of uh, set the stage for this movie for, for those who are, aren't gonna watch it along with us. This movie is available on Amazon Prime if you're interested. Um, but Nicholas Cage is the one who he is a Alaskan state trooper. I think he's a, a sergeant uh, in the movie um, who ends up receiving a letter um, from a like a lower level um, um, law enforcement officer who, was handling a case of this woman who claimed that she or alleged that she had been abducted and raped and um and she she was a sex worker and essentially because she was a sex worker and the man that she was alleging raped her was an upstanding citizen who had who was well respected in his community and um had a wife and kids and you know attended church and all of these things that sort of uh like can check off boxes people can check off their boxes for oh this person's a a good person harder Um, to build
1: a case against him
0: exactly yeah that as well um and and from you know one of the officers one of the interrogating officers of her was was just straight up uh, antagonistic towards her as well Mm -hmm. um uh but because of all of that the charges essentially get dropped the rape kit that they do ends up being tested but never picked up from the hospital because she's not pressing charges anymore, because they basically, the law enforcement intimidates her out of doing so, um, due to, like, her status as a sex worker, and them discouraging her from the possibility of it realistically being resolved in any way that would be happy, that would make her happy. Um... Mm -hmm. Uh, So then, yeah, Nick ends up taking the case, Uh, the, the sex worker, um, the the woman who alleges that, that she was uh, raped and abducted, who was raped and abducted, uh, Sydney, um, I believe is played by Vanessa Hudgens. And then Mm -hmm. she is actually um, the, the character or the woman that that character is based off of, I guess is, was the one who was like telling her story. This was her, I think she was involved in the, in the film in some capacity, and oh. gave her story, which is, um, the, I think was like one of the big, uh, sources of research that they, they had when constructing this movie. Um, and it then John Cusack plays Robert Hansen, who is, uh, the, the, the serial killer in the movie.
1: Vanessa Hudgison has a really great performance. Um, Hudgens. Hudgins. Um, <laughs> and, uh, there's definitely like a, uh, it's definitely easy to believe that this is the recounting of like an honest recounting of the events as told by the woman who she's playing because it definitely doesn't paint her in a very good light for most of it. Um, Right. Someone kind of true.
0: She's kind of the exception to the phenomena that we're talking about. It's true. The one who's
1: actually giving them the information of a more intimate recounting of the real events is the one who's kind of portrayed making the most mistakes. Um, but, uh, you know, a, a big part of the theme of this movie that I think does succeed is kind of the, the um, echoing sentiment that you have to be, you can't necessarily run away from, like, great evil in, um, in the world and that you have to be brave enough to kind of face it. And that's the only way justice is going to be done. And it's, it's a lot harder to do that, especially even when you're a victim, to mm-hmm. be able to, like stand strong in, in convictions of of you know basically her her uh participation with nick cage uh came at great risk to her but is eventually what ended up giving the police uh the ability to take uh take john cusack's character the the murderer robber in and mm-hmm. um actually have him pay uh for the the murders of all those girls,
0: yeah, I felt like uh, uh, Sydney's the the character of Sydney like was it, it it had my favorite element that is like not normally present in this type of uh, like detective um, like detective story or investigative story, which is that you really get a strong sense of like the victim perspective, uh, mm-hmm. the victim's perspective. Um, she's you spend a lot of time in these spaces that um, the, this uh, this guy, Robert Hansen, used as as a hunting ground, essentially, and the type of people that occupy those spaces and the dangers of them, you get a really, really strong, you can empathize very, very strongly why they're distrusting of law enforcement, um, why, uh, and, like, it, it's it feels, like, very non-judgmental, even though she is, like, making decisions that you know, sitting back on a couch, you might be like, rationally, you're know, like, just yeah. trust, this is a good one. This cop's a good one. Like, trust them. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. 100%. It makes sense why she is uh, not trusting these people because of her past experiences, because of the spaces that she's, like, needed to exist in and work in. Um, and th- yeah, I, I, yeah, I think the movie does, like, a really good job of showing, like, a lot of specific ways um, that sex workers, in particular, are marginalized by law enforcement and are sort of like passed over by law enforcement as, as or like just not prioritized as, as uh, civilians. It's like, um, you know, you kind of understand the the class system uh, and the way that that is, uh, why uh, the way that attention is prioritized to that class system within law enforcement and their response to it, or at least certain members of law enforcement. Um,
1: well, just th- also and. As well with her experiences through the movie of just another reminder of how uh, much of a balancing act it really is when you're like in the seminal, like like 17, 18 year old, uh, just how much on the edge of a knife we all really are in terms of kind of getting in with the wrong crowd or going down a path that leads to a lifetime of potentially a lifetime because she actually does have a happy ending. Um, Yeah of uh you know drug use or addiction or or you know things that kind of hold hold you back um places that hold you back um but so she's probably one of the strongest parts of the movie she's just as much Mm -hmm. a protagonist as nick cage it's great to see nick i mean he nick cage likes superheroes right and he wants to be the good guy and he really gets to be that in this movie um It it was this weird I'm trying to separate myself from the events to be able to talk about this in that For sure, yeah. the the environments in which we see Nicolas Cage's character as a cop are some really kind of dirty uh like places, like strip joints and sex corners and places with low lives and drug use and all that. And so seeing Nick as a member of like law enforcement in these really CD locations, it's hard not to like have the um like past experiences of watching Nick in a similar role in a mm. similar place kind of go a little bit over the edge as a character to For do sure. to, to fulfill so it was like I was yeah, almost not bad lieutenant. No, not at all. And it honestly once in a while is so tucked in that it almost falls like it's to its detriment like um there's a one little moment in particular where nick's at the strip club where um Van- uh, cindy usually has been seen and has been dancing at and um he's like up in the face of the woman who kind of runs the club and she has two giant bouncers and and Nick is there with, like, a partner who's kind of a, like a rough-and-tumble kind of guy. And he's yeah. getting pissed because she's just giving him attitude. And he's, like, getting up in her face. But, like, there's just this weird acting moment where the bouncers are, like, uh, paralyzed by Nick and his partner. And it's, like, this really aggressive standoff but nothing's actually like i don't buy it at all like nobody Mm. is actually getting in anybody's face nobody has a weapon nobody is like making any moves it feels like i can feel the directors blocking and because they are so uh like uh trepidatious of like making nick look anything like a dirty cop like you're almost conditioned but like i am almost conditioned to like think he's gonna just go nuts on these people right you know and like i'm like almost like excited for it but it's like very so far the other way that it's almost like in some uh environments they don't even feel believable
0: yeah no i that, i totally know uh that moment yeah it's like there was threat uh assumed on the on the part of the writer like in the script and then it's mm-hmm. just like not conveyed in yeah. the actual scene and it's really interesting like uh, i i watched uncut gems like uh last month and it's it's so so good at like convincing you of like like legitimate danger you're so on edge mm-hmm. the entire time and yeah uh, i i was listening to the Safty brothers about and talking about how they like created energy on sets and they would just like they, they would fill their, their, their sets with, like, all of these non-traditional actors and, like, just be, like, okay, just, like, go, like, you're and just, like, improvise, get the energy to where they would want. It was, like, very, very minimal blocking, and uh, it all feels just electric and, like, explosive. So you, when you have, like, some of these characters that are, are, like, supposed to be, like, tough street toughs and, like, goons in the movie... Um, they just they feel like so unpredictable uh, on screen, and, and like there feels like a real threat of danger from them. And it's funny to see these two characters that are very much there. Their 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 function in the movie is to convey um, uh, like a power dynamic between these two police officers, and then <laughs> and then this uh, the muscle of the strip club. And it's just like oh, there's there's no dynamic here <laughs> whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and there, there's definitely some um, moments like that where you're just like very aware to, aware of like there's this like made quality to the movie where you're, you're kind of just aware of like, oh, this is, yeah, this is something that w- that was crafted or constructed. And I think like it's unwillingness to go deep on some of its characters that like moments like that that just don't have the proper energy. Uh, it, it ends up being like, this is like a solid um, investigative like thriller. Um, but it just it doesn't have it's it feels very forgettable, very like ephemeral. Um, yeah, the I things
1: like I have against it are nitpicky um, mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, but it still like makes a big difference. Like for instance, the just in general, uh, the police station and the police officers that aren't big talent don't really feel believable to me. Like, it just yeah. doesn't feel real. Like, uh, there's uh-huh. just a few moments and things that cops say where I'm like, I don't feel like I'm a fly on the wall in a police station. Like, this For feels sure. a little bit like a set. But, I mean, like, it's <laughs> it doesn't completely detract from the movie. It's just yeah. little things like that add up. Like um, I feel like they clearly establish who the killer is right away Mm -hmm. like within the first act and it doesn't completely ruin the movie but i think it would be like a little better for them to withhold something like about who the killer is and like he also i know he's based on a real guy but he just looks like the most generic serial killer guy like his wardrobe and his mannerisms it's just like it's the cookie cutter 1980s serial killer.
0: I will say I'm looking at a picture of Robert Hansen right now, and the, he is that. He did guy. it well. Yeah, because <laughs> it does look the, exactly like Cusack. Then yeah, but, this
1: this movie does not have the the luxury of, of a fictional world to like be able to right. tell it like. So that was an
0: interesting thing. Yeah, I had some thoughts about like Cusack's performance because it definitely doesn't do any of these sort of like. I don't know how to say it, like, the exotification that, like, mm-hmm. you know, after watching Silence of the Lambs, you're like, right. oh, my God, these 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 geniuses, these people are so meticulous. And it, it shows that he has a skill set, but it also, like, does a good job. Cusack does a really good job of communicating that the guy is kind of dumb, is clearly... Mm-hmm. Or it, it, He's, like, very, very uh, good at the things that he's good at. Like, he, he's a hunter. He's very efficient in his behavior. But he has, like, this in, uh, interaction early. One of the first interactions that we see uh, with him is he's at a bakery, I think, with his wife, maybe. Uh, is that his wife? She's only I'm a not few sure. Scenes, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he he's interacting with this woman. And there's there is this, like, you feel like there's a lot going on in his head that he is sort of, like, just... Uh, like not that is not registering in his behavior and or on his face it's like he his mind is going and there's this like really subtle inauthenticity that you wouldn't pick up on unless you're unless the character is introduced to you as a killer Mm -hmm. Uh, and you're like oh okay there there is something off about this guy but I think that they do a good job of crafting the type of guy that you would be like, yeah, we would have never, he just seemed like a normal guy. Like he seemed yeah. like a normal guy. And he's like, he's got like this sort of performery, performative, like perfunctory, like charms. And, um, but, but yeah, there is this like inauthenticity just to his interactions. And then there's like a few moments later with his, uh, where he's at dinner with his family where he gets a little angry and a little more controlling and it yeah. lets his mask slip a little bit um and then the way that he is with his victims as well is more like it's he's he's brisk he's really really direct and and there's just these like subtle shifts in his character from when he's interacting with uh people in the civilian world and then he's interacting with his, his victims uh that i was thought i was like oh this is kind of interesting like trying to get away from that uh that that like more flamboyant serial killer uh stereotype
1: well yeah it's like if i were to Think of like a compelling serial killer in a fictionalized version of this movie where these events didn't happen or whatever. It, it, you know, what does it say about us that we like want a Bond villain or some romanticized right. egomaniac um, to make it more interesting to us? And mm-hmm. maybe this movie portraying real events, it's not as romantic. Like these are just f- really, really terrible people that like. You know, it's it, it, honestly, there's a lot of insights from the last season of Mindhunter that kind of...
0: That's what I was about to bring up again, yeah. is like an example of a show that, again, all of the people that they're interviewing on that show are real people, but they're mm-hmm. maybe a million times more interesting than this guy. And of yeah. course, they that show has the advantage of, for, for most of the um, serial killers or compulsive, um, like um, the people who perform crimes uh, compulsively on that show... They they have the advantage of having them after they're caught, so mm-hmm. they're going to be, of course, more open and and more uh, talkative. Maybe Robert Hansen became that type of a guy after he was behind bars. Yeah, but um, we don't we don't get to see that side of him because he is still so guarded. Um, but yeah, Mindhunter. hunter, my man, mine is so fucking good.
1: Yeah, it honestly was like it's fictionalized, but I learned like watching this movie after seeing a few seasons of mindhunter like especially in the way nicholas cage kind of tr- breaks uh the killer robert um because they don't have quite enough evidence to actually move forward so nick has to play bad cop and get mm-hmm. him to break psychologically it's like a lot of stuff that mindhunter establishes over many seasons is something that nick kind of just knows because of the landscape of serial killers at that right. time about like it being really sexual in nature and like all about like dominance and all these things that kind of get developed in Mindhunter are just like the lay of the land and, and it feels somewhat well researched in that way too because yeah. this came out well before Minehunter did
0: yeah absolutely there yeah there's um one of the moments in that interrogation nick is sort of like buddying up to him and, and talking about like know getting off like why he, robert might be um hiring these prostitutes or like why he might be like angry with these prostitutes or something and he sort of does a thing that like holden uh holden uh ford in Mindhunter, the the lead character of that show is like on the the cusp of is like developing all of these techniques mm-hmm. that at the time people were like you can't talk to like a, a suspect this way but they were more established at the time so it's like oh okay yeah it's um it's interesting to see like these these same techniques like show up uh, a little bit later. This yeah, this movie would be set I think in the the mid eighties. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly when. Um, but uh, yeah. So it's it's interesting to see like how those techniques are, or just like to see that pop up elsewhere because it's like oh okay yeah, the, there's some research that went into interrogation techniques specifically for um, people who are committing compulsive crimes of passion stuff like that. Yeah,
1: they definitely got like. The creative teams on both of these works that we're talking about definitely kind of got a lot of the same information um, oh yeah which is which is really interesting to see I mean it's it's not a bad movie at all like uh it's Chris my my fiance she her favorite genre in a lot of ways is this kind of detective stuff she reads a lot of like detective mm-hmm. um short stories and stuff and and she overall you know liked it like she's really lucky we only started watching mm-hmm. nicolas cage movies for the show together since <laughs> last movie which was um okay good what what was the one the kill chain
0: kill chain yeah
1: which wasn't great but like yeah for her to watch kill chain and then this compared to all the crap we've suffered through. Uh, she's, <laughs> she's getting off pretty easy. Like, she was like, yeah, it was actually pretty good. Like, I, I, I liked it, you know, which is not For something sure. she would probably have said about 90% of the movies that we watch. I think she said also well, it's definitely better than Kill Chain.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, we've definitely talked about this phenomenon before where uh, we we are getting like a form of Stockholm Syndrome. We're like, oh, you know, like Ghost Rider was okay because like <laughs> yeah, watched something just like insane trash the previous week, uh, <laughs> which I think th- that was a thing I sort of had to be like, okay, uh, I'm thinking about this movie within the context of the movies that we've, Reviewed, but then think about it in the context of things like zodiac or mind right. hunter or um do you ever see christopher nolan's insomnia it has uh, no. al pacino it's a it's a movie about al pacino plays a detective who goes to alaska to hunt um to hunt a serial killer and it's uh during like the peak of um of uh, I forget what the the, the season is, is called but it's like uh, it's summer in Alaska where there's like just incredibly short nights mm-hmm. like only a mm-hmm. few hours of darkness or something mm-hmm. uh, so it's like all this just like sunlit snowy um, it's, re- it's really cool it's a, it's a good overlooked Nolan film. Um, but thinking about this movie within the context of those movies, it's like,
1: uh, yeah, this is like—it's definitely pretty... f- so flat compared. Like, especially um, the most recent season of True Detective, the character work in terms of the um, the partners, uh, mm, yeah, they are just some of my favorite fictionalized like television or movie uh cop uh like yeah partners. steven dorf is so good such yeah. interesting well-written super fun to listen to characters and that's like one of the worst parts about this movie is yeah. like he has no nick's character has like no real chemistry with any no relationship partners. with yeah. any of the partners there's just they're so like, boring i couldn't
0: tell you a single thing about any of their dynamics or relationships they just uh, weren't it, that fun to watch <laughs> yeah Every interaction that he has with, outside of the guy that kind of introduces him to um, this, this, like, hub in Anchorage where there is, that is, like, full of strip clubs and and, uh, sex workers. Um, Outside of that guy, he has, like, a little bit of a character, but also it doesn't, he doesn't, like, his character doesn't intersect with Nick's character in any interesting way. There's not, like, a back and forth ever between anyone who works in law enforcement outside of him maybe talking to like DAs or higher-ups at the at his um at his office and like trying to get things done yeah the Um, power
1: struggle between him and the district attorney was actually probably the most interesting relationship mm -hmm. that he has but like in terms of field agents and people that he works with and Dean Norris's character the sergeant and stuff like they're just vehicles for nick to like get the plot going like i don't right I, it, yeah it's, it's it's not that they're bad acting it's just not done no. well
0: yeah yeah dean norris and uh kevin dunn as well is you know there's like two really really talented character actors um
1: because you can do it without it being fictionalized too like Minehunter, right. obviously being a great example of the, oh, the yeah. their combination being such an interesting character like um, oh chemistry God. yeah um,
0: the the second season was a bill trench the his story arc in the oh, second season is so fucking good such i can cool can't, stuff i i love that can't show
1: recommend so it enough guys
0: the the scene okay I'm, really, I'm gonna gush over one scene the scene where he's talking to his kid at the ice cream shop and mm-hmm. he starts to like use techniques that he's he and holden have to div- oh, it's so fucking good i can't oh. believe it and it's like shot in the same way. Like he's looking at him over the interview table, the same way that he's like interacting with Siri. Like just, oof, yeah. So you compare so good. You compare what's going on here <laughs> with what's going on
1: there. And it's like, you know, it doesn't hold a candle, but does that doesn't mean it's a bad movie. Nick Cage's no, yeah. performance is good. It's not like, I don't think you necessarily had to cast Nick Cage for this. I think yeah. he fits well, but I don't think you necessarily need his flavor to turn this character into what you need it to be. Um, even though he does a great job
0: um but and can i give a a quick little i read a couple um reviews of this movie cuz i was like oh. oh like i i wanted to see like how it was reviewed it has like a pretty low metacritic uh, okay. i think it, like 36 or something but like yikes yeah there it, but it it kind of it, at the upper level it had most of its reviews at in the 60s um but okay. then there's like a couple that kind of bottomed it out um but the people that had like rated reviewed it well, there was like a, a a trend of all of these people being like, you know, finally like we we get to see like Nicolas Cage with some like subtlety again, and I'm uh-huh. like, this is what you, like I I like I like Nick in this movie, but this isn't like, this isn't what we want out of Nicky, you no. know. And, like, this isn't I mean, playing this to is his like, strengths in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, I mean, like if we want Nick playing a detective, we want lieutenant hell yeah dude that movie's awesome (laughs) so good
1: (laughs) i mean whips ass dude he gets to be a hero and he does get to get a little aggressive and assertive and a little you know uncaged as you will
0: yeah
1: and but like i don't know i don't think like Celebrating the fact that his character is a little more generic and not as well rounded and he doesn't get to be taken off the leash should be something that, like, makes it a good Nick Cage performance. Totally,
0: totally agree. Um, that that pretty much the one thing I wanted to talk about, and we can, if you there's other stuff you want to cover, we can totally jump back into it. But the movie ends with, um, sort of as some based on. True events, uh, movies mm-hmm. will uh, with uh, sort of like a breakdown of, you know, the charges that w- the killer was brought up to. You know, mm-hmm. what the movie ends with, um, the case essentially being made, like it's mm-hmm. like locked in. He ends up sort of uh, admitting to some stuff in the interrogation room after seeing Sydney in person. Um, Sydney uh, in person, um, and then we get the, the you know the little text explainer of like. What happened to uh, Nick's character? What mm-hmm. happened to uh, Vanessa Hudgens' character? You know, we get that breakdown. After that, some alternative rock starts playing. That's true. And I want to. I want to know. I think that this was very nice, but the music was so jarring to me. I didn't. The, the song, okay. They basically show photos of all of the victims of Robert Hansen's yes. crimes, and uh, like, like real photos, and and the day, yeah, and then their lifespan. I think the, the uh years that they were born and then passed away. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> the the song is called. What is the fucking song called? The song is called "Memory Finds You." Oh and it's very like just a guitar solo at first like an electric guitar like doo neeew <laughs> it's
1: just all of these Dave. photos of these women <coughs> that
0: were killed There's horribly
1: it's, honestly it's... i was going to say the only last thing i had to say was i wanted to talk about this sequence because first of all
0: <coughs> i liked that they did that because it's yeah very a good intentioned thing because a it well says like thing. you
1: know he was accused or like uh is known to have done this to like 15 or, or 16 or whatever women yeah
0: 17 17 uh, women yeah
1: and when you hear that number you're like oh man that guy's a monster you know 17 but when a, f- a photo of a young woman pops up for like three to five seconds and you get to really see who they were and their full name and then it fades away and and then another one pops up and another one. And that happens 17 times. That's when you really, like, it drives home just how much of a tragedy, like, yes, all of these women's deaths were and how much of a monster this guy really was. Like, it's just so many faces. But I didn't mind The Rock as it is, oh, like, God. very rock. Because, listen, my dad has been in my dad's a musician he's a professional musician he's been in rock bands his whole life and there was one thing that happened um, i can
0: confirm that derek's dad freaking rocks
1: yeah he's he's he, he's a the real, dude rocks he's a real guy but like there was this time when i was really little <clears throat> or maybe before i was born but they have like photos of him and stuff there was this little girl who uh went missing and it was like a tragedy And it was, like, kind of near where my parents lived. And um, my dad recorded an album with his band. And, like, all the money went to the, like, uh, fund for, like, helping the family or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the little girl was on the album cover. And they really cared about it. But that album rocked hard. (laughs) Kind of like the the music the that song, we heard.
0: memory finds you yes so you song. can
1: have like a like a classically kind of like hard rock like not even good hard rock like 90s hard rock uh but still have like these feelings and intention it's just it's just harder for us to kind of relate or access that and yes. i kind of To me, it was a little easier because I associated this memory (laughs) when I was a kid with this like rock album my dad had, and always made me sad.
0: Insanely specific set of circumstances. (laughs) It is that has led you to believe that this was a good choice.
1: All I'm saying is musicians are really sensitive, emotional people, and even if their music doesn't seem to hit the chords that is being portrayed by the situation, maybe in during the writing. Like their hearts really do go out in a way that it's just I don't know I'm not I'm, sure, I'm just saying I'm sure that it they, didn't bother it, me it, as
0: much I'm sure they were excited to get their song featured but it was just like it felt very dissonant to me and okay. kind I, of took I, away I, some fine. of the uh, efficacy of the uh, <laughs> of of that last. You know, uh, of us getting to spend some time thinking about the victims. That's, That's fine. the crime. But I, I get you. I mean, I, it didn't totally take me <laughs> out, but like, you know,
1: music's a tricky thing because you don't want, like, in the arms of an angel, you know, yeah. getting like too cheesy on the other side of things, you That's know? That's true. It's, and it's that like. That wouldn't
0: have been better. I would have preferred if they had, uh, they already had 50 Cent on set. <laughs> if they had gotten the okay now we're this 50 cents uh, character actually... was actually one of the most interesting oh,
1: yeah. characters in, in the movie to be honest like yes he played very, uh, like morally a gray interesting guy who tried to do the right thing but also was a son of a bitch in a lot of yeah. ways like and uh there was some really cool stuff with the power dynamic between him and people like it was interesting to see such a powerful like um icon in music play this like pimp who's getting like knocked around by a strong arm dude and him looking really scared and running off like that was kind of like a you know and i think 50 cent going to be in a movie i assume he's going to be the guy who's kind of in charge for sure just because of his persona you know and and it was interesting real life yeah oh yeah so <laughs> it was interesting to see that. No,
0: I totally agree. when you, th- I mean, you when you picture Fifty Cent, you picture him like uh, in a bulletproof vest. You picture yeah. him, like <laughs> incredibly jacked. Like yeah. that, that's uh, the image that he curated. He does a, he does a good job in this movie. Not like super heavily featured. He has a, he has a pretty small role, but he, he's good and his hair is killer. Oh man, he's that very, hair! Yeah, it's very much like. I was at first I was like oh yeah this is like a movie set in the 80s but if, even for that it feels like a bit of a, a throwback um but yeah, yeah. um I th- okay well I think we yeah, can move into our final words for yeah. uh f- the frozen ground yeah uh Derek you want to start off start off
1: <clears throat> um yeah so I just like this movie should be um the most interesting part of talking about this movie and watching it and reviewing it with you is, is the role in which real events can play in a fictionalized movie. Um, And like, it's a delicate balance to try to um, respect the subject matter, but also tell a comparing compelling story for film. And it's like all about the intention of like, is this purely entertainment or is it much more important or bigger than that? And, you know, It's an interesting pain point and challenge to 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 do a movie, and and uh, overall, it was definitely a movie that wasn't painful to watch at any point, besides the terrible violence. But like in terms of um, it being something that I could actually enjoy um, without having to you know groan a bunch, uh, it was. It was a decent movie. It doesn't even necessarily feel like a real Nicolas Cage movie, though, unfortunately, um, mm. is what I would say. But um, overall, it's just... It's a little faded to be somewhat forgettable, um, which is definitely not what they wa- were going for, <laughs> I would say. That's true. Um, so do I do the bad good? Yeah. Um, I know.
0: This one's tough.
1: This one is tough. I... Um, I would say it's a very uh, low-end good-good in that Mm -hmm. I think it succeeded at what it was trying to do. It was consistent. It wasn't ironically good. Uh, But uh, the nitpicky complaints I do have about it add up to make for a movie that isn't particularly interesting in some ways and could have been more compelling. Um, But still... It's And for me, subjectively, I'm not quite as into the genre. So it's like a low end good, good.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, like I said earlier, I, I totally agree with your point about um, the movie definitely struggled in its depiction or, or in trying to crea- craft like a uh, fully realized characters, characters that we could become invested in from uh, mm-hmm. real people. Uh, that mm-hmm. was a big struggle of the movie, and I think it was something that ended up holding it back. And then, like we were saying earlier, where it kind of where that doesn't apply as much is in um, is in Cindy is is how she's depicted. I do think where this movie sort of excels a little bit from the traditional like uh, genre fare of this type of crime thriller um, is is the way that it like. Kind of uh, gets you more. It, it allows you to spend time within the space that like victims are, mm-hmm. are usually occupied. It's not mm-hmm. just we're showing the serial killer's perspective and we're showing the the law enforcement's per- perspective. It's yeah. it's it goes deeper than that. And having Cindy as a, as a character who. Had um, seen this the the serial killer like up close had survived it and then is like still uh, threatened by him and is able to actively like with her own agency like take um, and and participate in bringing him t- to justice was like I think it was handled well I think yeah. her her character was good I think that the way that they depicted how um, like how dangerous the spaces are that she was occupying both mm-hmm. from how, how dangerous interacting with law enforcement and then how dangerous uh, and uh, predatory like strip clubs and, and sex work can be in the way that um, the, the way that pimps can exploit you the way that you know she there's a there's a scene where she gets like um, this woman who seems like she's sort of taking her under her wing and, and is allowing her to dance at the strip club it like feeds her like crystal meth and it's like okay this is incredibly predatory she's trying to get her uh, Mm -hmm. addicted and i think that um all of that stuff is good that's like the high point of the movie it's not it's not the only thing that the movie is about but that was sort of like oh i I think that stuff is a little interesting it makes this stand out outside of that it is a pretty forgettable like standard um you know crime thriller uh if you're into this genre it's like it's definitely like something that you can watch if you're looking for something outside mm-hmm. of that I wouldn't necessarily recommend it um but yeah so but i would I would give it a sort of like a a cautionary good good a good good light a, a good good light a diet good good <laughs> a, a diet good good bar um, well
1: you know it's like in some ways this movie is about a little bit more than just entertainment and that's you know that's something worth you know stating and it's also like in terms of um struggling with recreating characters uh it's it's not that long ago like if you were to do a movie about like the lincoln assassination or whatever you can have insane liberties with the Mm -hmm. historical figures and you could even craft them into very interesting fictional characters And follow their non-fictional events but in this movie like those people are still alive i assume like yeah so you can't you can't necessarily take liberties like that so it's cool that it even did get made and like i said i think the filmmaker would probably share the sentiment that while the movie set out to be a compelling crime thriller it's more than that in a lot of ways and it's like important to note that that's not the only uh, objective of the film
0: yeah, definitely. This, this uh, at the end of the movie, it says, and this might be sort of like a, a tool of marketing as well, the sort of exclusive rights to the story. But it says this is the first time that uh, Cindy has, has mm-hmm. told her story. And um, I think it says, like, it's, it's dedicated to all sure.
1: the victims. You know, yeah. this movie is like a testament to all the pain that was suffered. And, um, yeah, I didn't the light know. Of day.
0: I did not know about Robert Hansen who and, and he, uh, to be clear, we, we said 17 he was he was charged with 17 murders and it's likely that there were many many more yeah, uh, which yeah. means he was a, a pretty seriously prolific serial killer for, oh, yeah. for quite some time. Um, yeah um, so yeah we uh, two good goods um, and that wraps up our review of the frozen ground. Now we've got to move into a segment derek i hope your gloves are on because we're going to the cage match yeah Yeah. ding
1: ding 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 ding, ding. my favorite
0: um all righty baby uh we and i do have to read them all (laughs) even though i think i know whereabouts this goes but yeah please oh by the way hold on yeah
1: i was looking at amazon Uh, Prime, because we've been watching a few of them from there, and there are a good amount of Nick Cage movies. There's actually a few that look like potential contenders to watch, too. But the, oh my god, Dave, the ratings, it says the star rating on an average based on how many people reviewed it, and Knowing not only has more people who watched and rated it than any other Nick Cage movie, it's also one of the highest rated on Prime.
0: Holy shit.
1: I think it was rated higher than this one. Like, what the hell? Oh, my
0: God, yeah. Wow. Who's what? No. Yeah, it has four and a half stars um, from 954 ratings, it says here. Yeah,
1: and then this movie had like 400 ratings, and it was less than that.
0: Wow. Even more now. Oh my God! Holy shit! Are we wrong, or is everybody no, crazy? You know what? I think. Well, this is, of course, as you remember, this is just a m- movie that's uh, it was made by Scientologists. Oh! So I'm gonna get a little conspiracy theory. I think propaganda that machine. It's very, very pof- possible that um <laughs> that the the Scientologists have gotten here and sort of put their finger on the scale a little oh bit. Oh my God! No, I was so surprised. Where's Bezos? Where's what's Bezos' involvement in this?
1: <laughs> okay, read read off the list, Dave. Okay, sorry. <laughs>
0: no, that's a very yeah. That is that is interesting. That's yeah, come on. Yeah, and I just, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um. Mandy, Joe, Bad Lieutenant, Dog Eat Dog, National Treasure Two, Stolen, Kill Chain, Outcast, Ghost Rider, Primal. Pay the Ghost Sorcerer's Apprentice, Knowing, <laughs> Knowing. At her, Amazon would not agree with her <laughs> ranking of Knowing.
1: Oh man, um, Pr- Primal was pretty bad. It's pretty low.
0: Prim- primal was yeah. Um, I think that this. I would probably put this. For so me, I'm, this is either above or below National Treasure. Yeah. Then, so,
1: I was thinking like doggy dogish territory, which that's yeah, that's about
0: right. Um, also, Derek. I mean, I know it's sometimes hard for you to. I'm going to text you the list right now, oh, thank you. so you can take a look at the. That's helpful. Rank.
1: So um, here's the thing about trying to compare this directly on a rating scale with National Treasure: Book of Secrets. There could not yeah. be a movie that is <laughs> l- more about entertainment and less about like <laughs> having something to say about justice and like terrible real life events than fucking disneyland's book of secrets magical ride like <laughs> it's almost like offensive to even <laughs> it's like hard yeah to, hard to like quantify um but that's the cage's um body of work for you baby i know it's a cage
0: conundrum my man
1: i mean i am glad he does have the range to still tuck a shirt in and play a good boy actor in a movie
0: like this, but... Yeah, um, I I will say uh, National Treasure, of course, was sort of uh, a legacy for America, (laughs) for (laughs) America's history, and uh, I will not have you (laughs) (laughs) deride. No, I'm joking. Well... yeah. yeah, no, that is sort of an interesting thing. Again, um, a
1: movie, this movie, uh, a movie where Nick is portrayed more as a, a father and a protector rather than know. a sex guy or love interest <laughs> sex <Yeah>. guy.
0: <laughs> this is more uh, sort of, yeah, and I think that's an interesting point. I think this is my favorite of him, like it, him playing uh, the more straight-laced detective, the more straight-laced professor. Mm-hmm. This is very much that type of cage, that style of cage.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the father-husband um, protector.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, um, so
1: we're putting this off. Uh, so you you feel pretty confident that it's under Dog Eat Dog?
0: I don't know. Because uh, Dog Dog's not that good. Dog Dog isn't that good, but I feel like out of all of these, on a rewatch, I might like I might continue to find things to like about Dog Eat Dog. I I, I would be, you know, um, and I don't know if that's like a fair metric to put something uh, below it necessarily. But uh, because I don't know if it's I don't know if it's better. I mean, this movie is like you said, like, I'll never watch this movie again. Like,
1: that's there's no way like i i got everything i needed
0: from it um but that's yeah that's not necessarily it's
1: a hard this is getting hard because these are just these are just apples and oranges in a big way
0: like this movie compared to what we're looking at here doggy dog yeah both i would watch doggy dog again at some point and also there's imagery despite that being the first movie that we ever did a lot of these movies i remember nothing from there's stuff that i'm never gonna forget from doggy dog
1: and you know what in terms of this being a nicholas cage podcast and a delve into nicholas cage yeah doggy dog has a lot more nicholas cage on display a lot more nicholas
0: cage the a lot more interesting like characters going on willem dafoe in that movie forget about it uh, you know just him in those underwear having that condiment fights spraying ketchup i feel like
1: whenever we end up trying to compare anything to doggy dog we just go whoa when all those dudes were in their underwear squirting (laughs) ketchup on each other like you can't beat it dude oh
0: my god um
1: i think um with like the nicholas cage-ness of the movie being like a like a, a kind of a wild card or like kind of a tiebreaker metric yeah. i i really don't necessarily think the strength of this movie comes from Nicolas cage so I, I would say it's under doggy dog the question would be <clears throat> i think it's above stolen as a movie i can confidently yeah, I say it's that above stolen um, but it's the national treasure here is kind of a, a tough. It's such a different movie. A big set piece. Really different. Fantasy Disney adventure versus like a recounting of nonfiction murders. Like, yeesh. Yeah. Uh, it's. Both yeah, don't handle one. the female
0: characters very well. That's, yeah, that's true. Um, Although I, I would say that this one is better.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, then. almost anything's better, but I mean, just like that was one of our biggest complaints about this movie was the sudden turn and lack of, uh, like setup or development of his wife. Um, right, that's true. Yeah, the main, yeah, the main protagonist of Vanessa Hudgens' character is is great. Um, but yeah, so... no,
0: I I definitely agree. Outside of outside of her though, there's not a lot. Um, yeah, I think I I would put it bit below National Treasure. I think. Really, I think I. It's would. Tough. I think it's a more. Co- Competent movie, maybe, but it, it, it's also just, it's, it's, so...
1: it is 100% a more competent movie. Like, if you think about a, the parts yeah. of National Treasure that are really bad, like mm-hmm. the twiggy little sidekick guy and the like weird, like chauvinist attitude he has, and like, that's true. I and how convoluted that. the National Treasure story is with like the yeah. intro and call to action. That was so, like, messy and weird and like the datedness like this movie's not going to get dated as much it's a little more evergreen there's a lot more human elements in this movie we
0: didn't really talk about this much this is a a period piece and it does like a very subtle job of being a period piece there's none of like the stranger things like new cokes out like beating you over the head with the era of the uh, of the of the show and Um, and I will say I think that When you think about, I think that uh, uh, the Frozen Ground is a much better film within its genre than National Treasure is. National Treasure, I I think, is very bad. When you think about the Indiana Jones, when you think about like that style of adventure fiction and stuff, it's not good.
1: It's like we're being really easy on National Treasure because we just because of the tone of the movie itself. And honestly, I'm even feeling silly that we were wavering, I think it's confidently think it's above, above. Yeah. yeah, confidently above National okay. Treasure.
0: So, the frozen ground is going to sit between Dog Eat Dog and National Treasure. Are you good with that? Yeah, okay. honestly,
1: I really love this list. Dave. I, I love the We've movies. Done good. I feel like it, the, because the things in which certain movies fall flat and certain mov- things that movies do well, it feels like where we place them, they kind of have this overlap of gradual, like, ascension. Uh, mm-hmm. In terms of their flaws and stuff, and like, I'm just like, I also just love the three movies up top, especially. Lately. I, so I've been good. getting some Port of Call, New Orleans, because of this movie. Like,
0: oh my god, seeing him as a
1: detective I, I, again. Ugh, I love it.
0: I, I kind of want to. Yeah, I, I kind of want to watch that one again. It's just so so fun. Um, okay, well we've got it. Now we have Mandy, Joe, Bad Lieutenant, Dog Eat Dog, The Frozen Ground. National Treasure 2, Stolen, Kill Chain, Outcast, Ghost Rider, Primal, Pay the Ghost, Sorcerer's Apprentice, knowing this is important work we're doing, Derek. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing good stuff. God, Pay the Ghost.
1: (laughs) I can't believe I defended Pay the Ghost a couple episodes ago. (laughs) That movie's so fucking... Oh, you know what has a good rating, actually, is Sorcerer's Apprentice. People like that movie.
0: Oh, weird. Yeah. Really bad. Really, what a piece of shit (laughs) movie. Um... (laughs) Okay, uh, we're going to move into because we had, uh, what did we call it? What did they call it? the social media minute? Yeah, social media Making minute. Social media minute? Yeah. Uh, because we had that uh, up top, we're going to close out the episode with a little bit of cage facts.
1: What are these fucking iguanas doing on my coffee table?
0: They ain't no iguana. Yeah, there are. <gasps> there ain't no iguana. What the fuck is that? A fucking iguana. Oh I hope no! You're warmed up. I'm. We don't usually do it at the
1: the, the bottom of the show.
0: I know. I'm Nervous. You off your game. Shit! You're meta the meta gamer. Has a perfect record so far. I think we've uh, played Cage Facts twice, maybe two, I think two times so far. Yeah. Um, in this new season, and he's he's done it perfectly. Um. <sighs> Alright, are we ready to start Derek? And of course, yep. uh for those of you who have are not familiar with the gauge, cage f- with the game. Cage facts, uh, I give Derek three different uh facts. Two of them are true, one of them is false. Derek's gotta suss it out and there uh and figure out what is what is not true of the cage man.
1: Are no pressure. Ready?
0: Yeah. Locked. Let her rip Okay. Nicholas Cage has directed only one film in his Whoa. career. What? That's the first one. Second one. These are kind of short and sweet. I like these. Not not a lot for you to read into, not a lot for, to go on. Number two. Nicolas Cage is close personal friends with Dog the Bounty Hunter.
1: Well, that's just true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and number three. Nicolas Cage created a comic book with his son, Weston, called Voodoo Child. All right, those are our three facts. That's uh, Nicolas Cage has directed one film. He's close personal friends with Dog the Bounty Hunter, or he's created a comic book with his son, Weston, called Voodoo Child.
1: This is a really hard one. I don't think I'm going to get this one, because first of all they all kind of have believable elements. Like the first one is interesting because you said has only directed one film. And then you said just has directed a film. And it's like, I would believe that he's directed multiple. I would believe he's only directed one and I would believe that he's never directed. Um, although, you know what? He has to have directed at least once. And then uh, the, the comic book is definitely something that plays off of our knowledge of his love of superheroes. It also has a kind of awkward and potentially problematic title. (laughs) And I'm really interested (laughs) to know (laughs) what the hell the subject
0: matter of that is. It almost, that is one that I invented. I am unfortunately canceled (laughs) (laughs) that honestly, like it's like that pyramid thing. It's just zany
1: enough to be the one that throws me off. Like that can't be true because it's kind of crazy. So I'm going to say that's true. And then the dog, the bounty hunter, I was really excited and happy. It was almost an entertaining one, which I wouldn't put past you to create from scratch, Dave, something that makes me smile and is just kind of like a silly fact. Oh, so... A compliment in there.
0: Well, kind of. <laughs> so
1: I think the first one option is kind of like a bullshit baloney one that's throwing me off. But I'm going to say the... the um, there's only one fake one, right? There's only one fake one, yeah. And the fake one is that Nicolas Cage is good friends with Dog the Bounty Hunter.
0: Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Although Nicolas Cage has once been bailed out of jail. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> By Dog the Bounty Hunter, <laughs> they're not they're not friends. Yes, but he was built. So out. you're correct. Oh my <laughs> he god, it I really. Out at one point, that was really good. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: really didn't think I was gonna get that one.
0: Um. Yeah. Well done, Derek.
1: What was the movie that he directed?
0: He directed a movie called Sunny, starring uh, James Franco, and it's really huh. fucking bad. I watched it oh. when I was in like high school, and it was really bad. It's That's very s I think he plays like um he plays like a prostitute in San Francisco or something. Uh is that right?
1: He's he's just an actor through and through.
0: Yeah. Um Yeah, That's but well nice done, Derek. Looking. You you won. Thank you. You won. I'm I... I'm reading about the uh the, <laughs> the <laughs> Nick getting bailed out by <laughs> Dwayne.
1: Uh oh, wow. Dwayne. I almost
0: the dog chapman
1: i almost screwed myself by just saying immediately that that was true
0: yeah and then also i i kind of am like you know just reading a little bit more about each of these facts we should read voodoo child
1: yeah it's a comic book <laughs> it's
0: a comic book that he and weston and if, everyone if you have not uh ever googled weston um weston uh he looks great, I think he was i think he's in a metal band
1: whoa the the cover is pretty dope.
0: Westin? he looks awesome. He's a little cleaned up now, but he used to there's some like awesome pictures of him just pale, long black hair sort of framing his face uh
1: Wow, you can get it for like two bucks an issue.
0: <laughs> wow, we might have to do that yeah I mean, book <laughs> and club? also yes very kind of uh i'm interested to see how they're going to handle their depiction of, of voodoo <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that could be a good little like special reprise episode yeah little book fun. club breakdown of voodoo child because i am interested in the art it's kind of cool
0: voodoo child yeah and i i think it's um when did that come out 2007 when did they i think i think that fits within our time
1: Contemporary, oh yeah. yeah. Honestly, like, how fun would it be to develop a comic book with Nick Cage?
0: Oh, man, so much fun. Yeah, Voodoo Child, it, it looks spooky. Yeah. Cool. cool. All right, well, we did it, Derek. You won uh, Cage Facts again. You still remain undefeated in the new season. Yes. Uh, thank you guys all so, so much for listening. Uh, next week, we have uh, sort of an unusual... Uh, possibility this mm-hmm. next week. Um, uh, as of right now, um, what the, what's the movie called again? Color S- of Love?
1: Color Out of Space. Why do you always want to Color... say love?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Color Out of Space, um, Nicholas's newest movie, has just uh, received a limited release. It's on screens. Derek is up in the Bay Area. I'm down in Southern California. We should be able, possibly to go out and see this movie um if we don't we have a fallback plan which would be grand Isle's another new nicholas cage movie which is uh i think available on amazon prime um but those are our two movies so we'll we'll have a surprise review and hopefully it's uh the love of color, color out of space. <laughs> yeah, uh, it looks
1: like it's hit, it's sitting at a six point two IMDb, but eighty four Rotten Tomato.
0: Yeah, um, it, there it, it's being it's reviewed decently. It got reviewed pretty well. People are kind of surprised. Um I think that people are still coming around to the fact that we're in the renaissance of cage right now yeah they forget they
1: they see the memes and then they you know they're like oh this is going to be an ironic movie and it's like no this man is an actor this man is a world-class actor
0: and we're gonna keep beating that drum and we'll (laughs) be beating that drum next week yeah y'all stay cagey out there voodoo child